This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. She isn't afraid to dissect an issue, even if it ruffles some feathers. With Global Top Talkers, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Time for our Global Talkers to try to get some views from different areas of the world. Let's bring in Rob Breckenridge, Global News Radio out in Calgary, and Devin Peacock, who's the executive producer over in London. Hey guys, how are you? Hello. Good. Good. Good stuff. Busy, busy days uh, these days. Uh, let's start with the first one. Um, this story came up yesterday um, with Robert Latimer applying for a pardon to a murder conviction involving his 12-year-old daughter, who back then uh, he killed um, in, I guess, what we would maybe call today murder-suicide. But back then it wasn't a thing, and she did not give consent. But he did it as a father out of compassion, and now he is asking for a pardon. This is uh, the kind of conversation that sparks a national debate. Rob, I'll, I'll start with you. Where do you think this story goes, and should he get that pardon? Well, probably, uh, and I think ultimately he will. I mean, already what I've seen is this is going to reopen a lot of those old wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I received a press release from one organization who represents uh, those with disabilities saying, you know, once again, you know, we feel as though we're, we're targets or, or we're lesser uh, humans, even that, that somehow it could be open season. Uh, and, you know, it, again, and I remember going through all of that through through the trials and and. It's yeah, it's an emotional issue. Like I, I think we we understand that that uh, Robert Latimer was doing what he thought was right by his daughter. He wasn't uh, a cruel murderer uh, who was looking to to take her life uh, out of spite or hatred. Uh, he was acting out of compassion, probably not the way he should go about it. And, and maybe in this day and age where we have legalized assisted suicide, maybe yeah. things would have gone uh, another way. So I, I look, I mean, he's he's paid a price. Uh, obviously, he mourns the loss of his daughter. Uh, denying him this pardon at this point, I don't know what that would accomplish. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think this was a tricky one, uh, Devin, for the government, because if they pardon uh, him, it sets a precedent. And, you know, the, the tricky part with this one is that she did not give consent, which is uh, what you need today if you want uh, to have assisted suicide. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, you know, some sympathy for the situation and, you know, going back to 1993, certainly a different time than today with uh, assisted suicide. For me, I, I think a pardon is just going a little bit too far because if, if we're today, it's a different story. But I think we have to look at it through the 1993 prism of it all. And he knew the decision he was making. And it was one from his point of view. I think many would agree, you know, a father who didn't want to see his uh, daughter I live in pain anymore. He made a very difficult decision, but he made that decision knowing uh, what could happen and what would most likely happen. So in terms of what he's been granted up until now of, you know, full day parole, I I think that's okay. I don't think he's an offender who needs to be behind bars. Mm -hmm. But in terms of a full pardon, I just... He knew what he was doing at the time and the consequences of that, and I don't think that needs to be just necessarily wiped away. Let's talk a little bit about Twitter, because um, 
it has started to purge millions, really, of what they're saying are fake accounts. And and it's hitting everybody. Um, if you've got, you know, millions of followers, people like Oprah has lost a million. Obama lost three million. Trump has lost, I think, 50,000. But right across the board, um, you know, from politicians to journalists, they're trying to purge these fake accounts and what they call draining the swamp. But, Rob, I, I don't think this will drain the swamp. The swamp will just keep filling up. Well, I think you're right. I, I mean, it's like a game of whack-a-mole. You squash some of these bots, and then, you know, new ones will, will pop up. I mean, I, I want to see Twitter uh, improve on this. And, and, I mean, I like Twitter. I use Twitter, and I get what they're trying to do, you know, to, to restore some confidence. I mean, Facebook has similar problems, though, with, you know, fake accounts. And, and I, don't know how you, I don't know how you stop that. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I was curious to see um, what would happen. My, my Twitter account didn't really change all that much, so I, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't think we can blame these people for having, you know, these, these bot followers. So I, I hope Twitter can get a hand. Oops, we've uh, we've cacked out a little bit on. Oh, there you are, there you are. You came back. You lo- you left, and then you came back. Um, well, Devin, here's the thing, though. You know, there are a lot of people on Twitter who are considered influencers, certainly in the political spectrum, and people follow them, and they can influence things like elections. Uh, and they're being exposed. You know, some have dropped from fifty thousand to two thousand followers. So. You know, it, it does have some good. I, I like I liken myself to to Rob, or I just don't think it's gonna. I don't think it'll be long lasting. No, I, I don't see how it can be because I mean, the very nature of these things are they're very easy to set up, and someone loses an account, okay, they just set up another one, they set up another email, yeah. they can they can get around it pretty quickly. And for even for Twitter's point of view, I mean, now that they started this, you can't really stop and say, okay, well, it was once or it's twice, and we're going to stop there and, and not look at this again because it's a problem that comes with the platform itself. And so they've almost, you know, I, I commend them for trying to do something like this, but it's, it's difficult to please. It's, it's someone or an entire division at Twitter now is going to have just the worst job imaginable just because they've got to keep finding these different accounts that are just going to keep popping up and popping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it either. Uh, quickly, I want to touch upon this before I let you guys go, but um, it just kind of happened late this afternoon where we get word there was a meeting in Winnipeg with the immigration minister, Ahmed Hussein, um, and a couple of Ontario MPPs. Lisa McLeod was in the room, and so was the minister responsible for immigration in Ontario. And she has demanded an apology from the federal minister um, because he's basically calling uh, Lisa McLeod un-Canadian and uh, a bully. And that's because last week, Lisa McLeod said what I think a lot of people are saying, which is we're not going to continue paying for a mess that the feds created. And as we know, the feds are now using this rhetoric of fear and division and and really identity politics that I don't like. Sorry, Rob, I'll start with you. Oh, yeah, well, I think there's some political posturing maybe going on on both sides here. But it is true. I, I think the liberals have, have mishandled that. I think it, it goes back uh, over, well, about a year and a half ago to that tweet from the prime minister yeah. that seemed to be inviting people to, to come into Canada. And I think as we learned since then, there was a lot of confusion in, in government offices uh, and various uh, embassies that, what did that mean exactly? What was he saying? And, um, you know, I, I think there was a price to be paid for that. I, I think at the same time, obviously, circumstances in the U.S. have created this situation. And, and even if the uh, prime minister hadn't tweeted that, or even if we had a different government, we may still be dealing with this problem. But I, I can understand from an Ontario perspective, why is this something then the Ontario government must foot the bill for? I suppose ultimately there's, there's only one taxpayer. This is federal jurisdiction. The federal liberals have 
decided that they're going to approach this a certain way. So it seems entirely reasonable to me to say to Ottawa, well, okay, well, this is the way you've chosen to deal with it, so you guys deal with it. Yeah, and Devin, as we head into an election year, nothing like identity politics to try to score points off of a, a crisis in the in the attempts to really distract, because Canadians don't like this. Their, their polling shows that they are not happy with the way this crisis is being managed. Yeah, really. And I saw the minister even said, you know, the federal government will have your back. Well, I think an <laughs> yeah. easy way for the federal government to have Ontario's back and Toronto's back, because I know in some cases Toronto was asking, I think it was for even more money uh, than the province in, in some different areas for some different parts. Well, the easy way to do that is to put up some of the money to help with uh, the the people who are coming to this country. And that's, you know, that there's more to it than just money. You don't throw money just at everything. But in this case, money is needed just because of all the other services that, uh, you know, Toronto and uh, Ontario uh, have to cover with uh, these different minister- ministries. And so, you know, the money, I think, is a good place to start for the federal government, and then they can move forward in terms of some of the um, the discussions between the different provinces. I know Saskatchewan was also um, taking uh, some serious issue with uh, this communique from the federal government and everyone that met uh, today. So it's it's not just an Ontario thing here either. Yeah, maybe they should just, I don't know, close the border. But, you know, that would take leadership. Guys, I've got to leave it there. Thank you so much for your uh, opinions. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. That is Rob Breckenridge. You can hear on our Global News Radio at 7-7 Calgary and Devin Peacock, who runs the show over at our Global News Radio station in London. Always a good chat.